Can you wait to see him? I mean, are you really excited to see him? Amen. That day is looking sweeter and sweeter every day that I live. Amen. Thank you, young people. Man, they did a fantastic job. Amen. I am so proud of each and every one of them. Amen. They don't just sing good and sound good and play good, but they pray good. They worship good. They look good. Amen. I am so proud of our young people for their walk with God. Amen. You can go to a lot of places and find good talent. But even our young people around here are anointed and used mightily by God. Amen. And I am thankful for that. I'd rather have anointing any day of the week than talent. Amen. And we got the best of both worlds. Amen. And I'm thankful for that tonight. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. I really want to see Jesus. I mean, I really, really want to see Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. I want your babies to see Jesus. Amen. And I feel so stirred in my spirit tonight to share with you what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And I pray that I can do it justly. The Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, They all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made, and behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Tonight I want to talk to you on this subject. Be prepared. Be prepared. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you tonight. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, we want to be ready. God, we've got to be ready. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, and let it fall upon the ears of your people. 
God, let them receive this word tonight, God, that it would challenge us. That it would take us back, oh God, to when we first fell in love with you. God, I pray tonight, God, that we would see the hour, God, and that we would be alert and aware. And tonight, we would be prepared. God, I ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, and it is so. Praise God, praise God. You can be seated tonight. Not knowing that I would be preaching tonight, Friday morning I woke up with two words that I woke up with in my spirit from the moment that my eyes opened up. And those two words were, be prepared. And I felt such a stirring in my soul the moment I got up to the church, I opened my notebook and I wrote down, be prepared. I don't know what that looks like to you, but I know what it meant for me. I woke up hearing it, feeling it, saying it, and even writing it. Be prepared. To be prepared means that you are made ready. That you are ready to do or to deal with something. And if I've learned anything in the last few years, we do not truly live prepared. We have lived in a way that is not prepared, but we have become excellent at being emergency responders. We do not prepare until we hear that it's time to prepare. We are waiting on the right moment. We're waiting on the news to give us the green light and tell us it's time to get prepared. We're waiting on pastor to appear concerned Before we get prepared. We are waiting until the water has risen to a certain point in our homes and in our neighborhoods. Before we are concerned enough to leave that place we call home and find a place of safety. We wait until it reaches a certain category before we decide maybe I should evacuate. Maybe it's time for me and my family to leave. And we watch it like a clock. We're sitting there watching it go from a two to a three to a four. And in our minds, we're thinking, should I stay or should I go? And we procrastinate in our preparation. We wait until the temperatures get so low in an ice storm that we get to the place where we cannot tolerate it any longer before we finally make a decision to do something. I wait to buy groceries until friends and family start calling and tell us, hey, the stuff is flying off the shelves, you better go quickly. So we make a quick trip up to Kroger to get the supplies that we feel like we may need to make it through. And while we may have to get the Kroger brand and the meat that is questionably wrapped, we are fine because, well, we can just simply live off of that. I can survive with the hand-me-down, knock-off, off-brand. I can, I can make it through another day with the stuff that's probably not even really that real. And because we came out with something that should get us through, we feel like we are prepared. Because we made it in and out just in time, we feel like we're prepared. Oh yeah, I went to the store and I got everything I'm going to need. No, you responded out of an emergent situation. You were not prepared. 
We view the ones who have the MREs and crates for disaster as doomsday cults. Because they are storing up items and food and ammunition because who knows what may happen next. They are mocked and ridiculed and viewed as being fearful and borderline insane. Until chaos arises. And then they're the ones that have everything they need. They're the ones that have batteries for all the flashlights. They're the ones with the radios when the power goes out. They're the ones with generators when everything's going wrong. They're the ones that become everyone's hero in a storm. And tonight, I am not here to encourage fear. I am not here to preach doomsday to you. I am not here condoning hoarding and being an unwise steward and buying things that you will really never need. However, it does concern me tonight that in the church's greatest hour that I feel like sometimes we too are not really prepared. But we have these knee-jerk response and reactions when troubles arise. That when trouble comes, then we get to an altar. When troubles come, then we find somebody to call and say, would you pray with me? When, when things are not going right and I didn't get the phone call I wanted from the doctor, then I want to visit the prayer room. And I respond out of emergent situation instead of being prepared to face whatever may come my way. We've done enough to get by. We've done enough to get us to church each Sunday and get whatever is left on the shelf because we didn't think that it would ever happen to us. We didn't think that we would ever be the ones to be facing this situation. But now it is me and now I'm getting whatever's left. I know it's hard and I know it's a daunting task for some to get here each service. And not just be here, but to smile, to worship, to pray, to seek the face of God and act like everything is okay. But when we should be watching the skies like never before, our eyes are set on another. When we should be living in anticipation, we have simply just gotten used to Him not coming. So we brush it off like it's probably not going to happen in my day. We prepare for each day in our life so intentionally. We have calendars. We have reminders, we have alerts, we have emails, we have assistants, we have planners to make sure that my everyday life does not get interrupted, to make sure that it is everything is on schedule and planned. We live our lives trying to be prepared. We set the clothes out for the next day and we make sure everything's ironed and, and we've gotten to this place where we're prepared in every part of our lives, but have we grown weary in our waiting? Have we gotten tired while he tarries and not really prepared for his return? Each day we prepare for the task before us. We prepare our children's lunches before we send them to school. We are prepared when it's time to go on vacation and we have the bags packed and we have the checklist out and making sure we've got everything and the car is loaded and the ice chest is full and we're prepared for that. We're ready to go out of town. But are we prepared for the rapture of the church? 
If I'm prepared for tomorrow's task at work, but I'm not prepared to see Jesus, then I've got to fix something in my life. If I'm prepared for my trip that's coming in a couple of months, and I've got all my reservations booked, and I've got my tickets bought and my car rented, and I've got all of that ready to go, but I'm not prepared for the trip from earth to glory, that could come at any moment. I have got to get that right tonight. I've got to be prepared for heaven like never before. I've got to make sure that I'm ready when he calls my name. I've got to make sure that when that day comes, whether it be morning, noon, or at night, whenever he calls me, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I've prepared for this day all of my life. And though there were days I was weary, there were days I was worn, I am ready to see Jesus. I'm ready to walk on streets of gold. I'm ready to be in a place where there's no more tears and no more sorrows and I can dance before his throne living a life that is prepared above all else I have got to be prepared in Exodus Pharaoh instructs Moses and Aaron it's time for you to leave take your people and go You've been telling me to let your people go, and now I'm telling you, get out of my sight. Leave me now. Get out of here. For Scripture said, there was not one house where there was not one dead. Because that death angel had come, and every person that didn't have the blood on their doorpost, that death angel visited them that night, and not one home was left without one dead. And Pharaoh said, all right, it's time for you to leave. Now, all of this time, they've been anticipating an exit. They knew that now that Moses had shown up and told them, this is what God wants to do. It's time for us to get up out of here and leave. You would think that they would be ready to go. You would think that after all of this time and this craziness that they've faced in their life, that they would be anticipating an exit that they would be ready to leave at any moment with their bags packed, ready to go, ready to get their children out of this place. They've been watching as God has been working miracles. Even while Pharaoh is saying no, they have watched the hand of God work wonders and signs and miracles and sitting there saying, wow, even when the enemy is up against us, God keeps showing them up. God keeps doing something greater than he did the last time. Surely we're getting closer. We're getting closer every day. God's not going to sit and put up with this much longer. I see him every day. We went from frogs one day and all of a sudden we're here and there's a death angel coming by surely we're getting close to that exit God had said I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians 
and I will rid you out of their bondage and I will redeem you with the stretched out arm and with great judgments. My Lord, if you were in bondage and the man of God stepped in and started talking like that to you, you would think there would be people that would get up and rejoice and say, my God, that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for somebody to say something like that to us. That we're about to get out of here and God's about to work wonders in our life. That God's about to make a way where there seems to be no way. He said, I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake all of this unto the children of Israel. And you would think that those words would excite them. That after all this time and all of this mess that they would be, oh thank you God. Thank you for finally getting us out of here. But the Bible says, but they hearkened not unto Moses. For anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. They were saying, oh preacher, those words sure sound good, but you don't understand. This is all I've known is bondage. This is all I've known is heartache. This is all I've known is work, work, work. I don't know anything different. My kids don't know anything different. This is, this is the world that we live in and we've kind of just accepted it. And as great as that sounds, it surely can't be me. It can't be this generation. It's not now that it's time to leave. They were having a hard time believing God's word because of what they were going through. Hear me, you may be going through it tonight. You may be in the toughest battle of your life. You may be facing a sickness that you don't know what's going to be the outcome of. You may be facing a wall that you've never thought you'd run up against. You may be having problems in your marriage, in your home, with your children. And you're saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do all of this. But there is a man of God here telling you tonight that he's about to redeem you. He's about to take you out from where you've been. He's about to pull you from that place place of bondage and say, come on, I know you don't see it now, but I'm about to take you out of this place. I know you don't realize it now because you've just, this is all you've known, but I've prepared a city for you. I've prepared a mansion for you. I've prepared a place for you to come and to dwell with me. Oh no preacher, it's not me. You don't understand the anguish that I'm in. You don't understand the burden of this bondage that I'm in. Oh yes I do. That's why I'm telling you lift your head. Redemption draweth nigh. God is here tonight to tell you you're gonna make it. If God said it I can take it to the bank. He's gonna do it. 
He that hath begun a work is able and faithful to perform it until the end. He didn't just start you off on this to watch you crumble and watch you go all this way and get all these gray hairs on your head and say, oh, I can't do this anymore. No, God's saying, come on, come on. You've just got a little bit of this journey let to go. You're just this far. Don't give up now. We have a hard time being prepared because we face so much hurt. We've heard he's coming soon for so long and nothing has changed. So we keep doing what we've done every day. And we get caught up in the daily grind of life. We get up. We get dressed. We go to work. We come home. We eat with our family. We go to bed. We wake up. We get dressed. We go to work. We come home, we eat dinner with our family, and we go to bed. And we get caught in this daily routine, and it becomes all that we know. And in our busyness, we're saying, "I, I don't have time to be prepared. I don't have time to go buy generators and batteries and flashlights and and, and candles. I don't have time to worry about all that right now. I'm probably never going to go through another ice storm in my life living here. I'm probably not going to have to face any of these things ever again. Why do I need it? Why do I need to be prepared? And we get caught up in the same old, same old, everyday way of life. And it becomes a habit. But then the day came where they had to leave in a hurry. And Moses and Aaron went and said, all right, we got to get out of here. Get your stuff and go. Wait, now? We've got to get our stuff right now? Oh, we're not ready. We, we, the, the bread's not even leavened yet. We, we weren't ready for this. And they start grabbing everything and, and throwing it in bags and saying, well, well, let's just get what we can. Come on, you pick this up and, and you pick that up. Scripture says that they took their dough before it was leavened. And they bundled their bread bowls into their cloaks and began to throw them over their shoulders. It says, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt. For it was not leavened. Why? Because they were thrust out of Egypt and could no longer tarry there. Neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. They weren't ready for their exodus even though they had been told it's coming. They weren't ready to leave the place of bondage even though Moses was there saying, we're fixing to leave this place. We're fixing to get out of this place. You better make sure you've got it all ready to go. But the Bible says even with that, they were not prepared. Even after being told by Moses... We're getting out of here soon. When the day finally came to get out of their place of bondage, they were not prepared. They didn't have anything ready. They loaded themselves up like pack mules. And at last, they're throwing things together at the last minute, just trying to get out. Just trying to leave that place with whatever they could get. The Bible speaks of a man named Noah who prepared for a hundred And 20 years an ark. He spent all that time preparing. And don't you know that there were days where he probably thought, man, I sure hope I hadn't wasted over a hundred years building this big old thing. I sure hope 
that I really heard from God that there is coming a day. Oh, there is coming a day where my family is going to be saved because I listened to his word. Oh, surely I, I did hear God, but maybe it was just me. But there came a day where that preparation paid off. There came a day where that first drop hit his forehead. And he thought, oh, thank you, God. Thank you that I've prepared for this moment. Thank you that I've prepared my boys for this moment. God, and that you're going to save us from this flood. And you're going to save us from this disaster. God, I am thankful that I heard your voice and prepared. Hear me tonight. We can't be getting ready. We can't be now all of a sudden decided, well, we better, we better get ready and start packing and start getting things together. No, we've got to live ready. Every day we've got to be prepared. Every day we've got to make sure, don't unpack anything yet. Those children of Israel probably packed bags early on when Moses showed up on the scene. But after a while, hey, we ain't gone anywhere yet and I need some of those clothes in that bag. We haven't gone anywhere yet. I need some of those pots to cook dinner tonight. Get them out. And so they begin unpacking all of this stuff when all of a sudden then it's time to go and they're trying to throw stuff back. Look at your neighbor say, don't unpack yet. Don't unpack yet. We can't be getting right. We can't say someday. Young people, you hear me. Don't say, well, when I get older or when I get out of high school or when I get out of college and, and I'm done partying and I'm done living it up and done doing that and then I'm going to get right with God. No, you live prepared now. You say, what can I do right here and right now to ensure that I make it? Whatever I've got to do to make it, I've got to do it. For 1 Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Matthew 24 verse 36 says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall it be in that day. Just as everything was happening then, there was a man preparing then, there's got to be a man preparing now. Just as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, in that time of you should be prepared, oh, it says that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They're just going about life as normal. It's, it, nothing's changed. Nothing's happened. Everything's good. Let's just keep going on with our life. Let's keep just showing up on Sunday and Wednesday. Keep, keep being faithful to God. Until. Until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came. Until that water did start falling. Everything was normal until it wasn't normal anymore. They were going about life 
playing their video games, watching their shows, doing what they do on a regular basis until all of a sudden something started happening and shifting. And now all of a sudden there were people there that were feeling the raindrops on their head and thinking, oh no, oh no, I, I got to get to that ark. I got to get to where Noah's at. I've got to run and get on that boat. Bible says, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Just like that, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You see, the difference in the Exodus account is that God was making provision for their lack of preparation. Because they had a covenant with Him. He said, oh, I I made some promises to Abraham. And I made some promises to Isaac and to Jacob. So even though you've been very foolish and you haven't prepared and you haven't gotten your stuff ready. I'm going to make sure that you get everything that you need. Not because you've been great and not because you've been perfect, but because I have a covenant with Abraham. I've made a covenant with my people that I'm going to take care of them. But now he's telling us, if you want to see that prepared place, then you've got to be a prepared people. If you want to see the place I have prepared for you, you've got to make sure that you are prepared. The Bible says, then shall two be in the field And one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. And the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Hear me tonight, God is not sitting back watching and waiting on you to trip up. He's not trying to play games with you and and keep this date a secret. He's wanting to know, are you in this because you want to make it to heaven because you love me? Or are you in this because you're afraid to go to hell? Are you wanting to live a life to show me that you love me and you really want this for me? Because I'll tell you why. If God said, I'm coming May 12th, 2021. He wrote it down. He gave it to us May 12th, 2021. The majority of people would go live the most hellious lifestyle until May 11th. 2021 and then they would be coming and trying to find an altar and and make it right and and squeak in right at the last minute but God said no I'm wanting you to be prepared I'm wanting you to know that it I'm not telling you the date because I want you to live every day preparing it could be today I can't do anything dumb today he might come today I can't go down that road today I can't live this life I can't make this mistake he could come today I've got to stay prepared heaven heaven is still for real heaven is still very real and God is still coming back for his people 
God is still, I know it's not popular. I know we don't talk about it anymore because of the bondage we've been living in and the pressures of our world. And some of our elders are in here saying, well, Brother Landon, they've been telling me that since I was a baby and God still hasn't come. I understand that, but God is coming soon. May we be like the children of Israel and see the signs and wonders unfolding before our eyes. And instead of saying, well, it can't be me. It ain't happening now. May there be somebody that says, hold on. There's things that are happening right now that don't normally happen. I've never seen the waters part like that before. I've never seen so many frogs in my life. I've never seen all these signs and wonders. Surely God must be up to something. Surely something is shaking in the heavenlies. Maybe I better make sure now more than ever I am prepared. I can miss a lot of things. I can miss baseball games. I can, I can disappoint my boss. I can lose my job. I can miss deadlines. I can forget an assignment, assignment. I can miss school some days. I can double book, but I cannot miss heaven. I cannot miss that moment when God calls me home. I can't allow myself to get bogged down by the world. I've got to be prepared. I've heard some people say, well, you know, I, I'm going to wait on this and this to be kind of my indicator that it's time for me to hurry up and get back in church. I'm waiting for a significant sign that I can point to and say, oh, I better, I better straighten my life up now. I'm waiting on the Antichrist to reveal himself and then realize, man, we're in the last days. I better get really serious. It comes out of people's mouths. Perhaps you haven't said it out of your mouth, but perhaps you've thought things like that. Before I really get serious about living for God, before I really make sure I'm prepared, let me just enjoy life until I see a reason, until I see a sign, until I feel a raindrop hit my head before I start running for that boat. I'm going to wait until tragedy strikes and I... And really helpless. And then I know how to get to Greater Life Church. But you see when the rain starts falling. Noah cannot hold that door open for you. The Bible says that God shut him in. When the rain begins to fall and that day comes. You and your best efforts are not going to be able to help anyone. So you have got to make sure I'm in. When that door closes, when he shuts the door, I have got to make sure that me and my children are on that boat. That me and my family are in that door whenever he shuts it. There's no take backs. There's no second chances. That's it. And I've got to be prepared and make sure that I'm ready You have had 120 years to heed my words. You have sat through service after service with me nudging you, pulling you to the altar, encouraging you to make that change. And you waited because after all, you've heard I'm coming soon your entire life. To those in the days of Noah, it never rained until it did. 
God is not going to come back on a day where we're all gathered together here and we open up the roof and we're looking up in the sky like we're waiting on a fireworks show on New Year's night. Already anticipating His coming. While that would be nice and that would be wonderful, God's not coming back like that. No, He said it's going to be just another day. There's going to be two men that wake up and put their work clothes on. And they're going to talk and they're going to go have coffee and they're going to go out into the field and they're going to be working like they do every Monday through Friday. At their job, just like always. They're going to get dressed and go sit at that desk like they always sit there. And then one of them is going to be gone and the other left. It says there's going to be two women that wake up and they get dressed and they're going to go out into the field and they're going to be working, grinding at the mill. And then one of them is going to be taken and one is left. He said, if the good man of the house had known. If I'd only known. God, if I only knew that you were going to come back this day, I would have prayed for my babies one more time. I would have reached more people. I would have done more than I've done. If the good men of the house had known. The word good men there means the master of the house. The father, the priest of the home. If he had known the day that the thief was coming. He would have been watching for that moment. But we don't know the day nor the hour. That's why it's so important. Men, listen to me, our fathers. It's so important that you be prepared every day. So you can say, I, I, I knew. I knew that he was coming soon. And so I did everything that I could. And I prayed like I know how to pray. And I wrapped my babies in my arms. And I fasted for my family. And I did devotion with them. And I gave my heart and soul to them. I would rather you do that than say, if I had only known. Oh God, if I knew that you were coming today, what more would I have done? Oh God, if I knew that when my babies left today, that one of them would be taken and one would be left behind. Oh God, wake us up to the hour. Wake us up to where we're at tonight and let us see that you are coming so very soon. I've got to be prepared. Bible says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins that took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. They weren't prepared because they didn't intend on him being very long. They weren't planning on tarrying as long as they've had to tarry. They weren't planning on getting into church and having to live 60 plus years for God and him still not coming. So they didn't bring the oil with them that was necessary. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They were prepared. 
But the Bible says that while the bridegroom tarried, they all, all slumbered and slept. You see, we're at a place right now where the bridegroom has tarried. And we've heard it our whole lives. He's coming soon. Get ready. He's coming soon. Get your heart right. Get your family right. He's coming soon. We've seen loved ones come and gone that heard he was coming soon. And let's be real tonight. Some of us thought the Lord would have already come by now. Because he has not. Some of us have questioned our faith in God. And some have just gotten weary. We thought he would come in 1988. We thought he would come in the year of 2000. We, we thought that he might come in 2012 because that's what the Mayans had told us. We thought he might come in 2020 because of everything that we saw. But he has still not come. So in our waiting, we have all slumbered and slept. Oh, how I wish tonight that that meant that because we were just tired, we slipped off and fell asleep. But notice he had said slumbered and slept, which told me that they are not the same thing. Which told me I wanted to know what they meant. And to slumber means to be overcome or oppressed with sleep. To be negligent, to be careless, to delay and put off. We've slumbered. We've become negligent in the waiting for His return. He said we've slept, which means we have fallen asleep almost as dead. We've yielded to sin and we have become indifferent to one's salvation. We've seen the skits of the five wise and the five foolish. And we have had the sleepover scene where the groom comes for his bride. But we just portray it as just sleeping. They're just snoozing. They're just catching a break because they're tired. When the reality is they are experiencing something much deeper and much more dangerous. They're delaying and putting off. They're neglecting their responsibility to be prepared. They've become indifferent to their salvation. Oh God, and I see it in my world tonight, but I also see it in the church. God, that all have gotten so weary from the bondage of this world. We've gotten weary from the trouble. We've gotten weary in the waiting. And God, without realizing it, we've become indifferent to our salvation. We've put some things off for far too long. But the Bible says, and at midnight there was a cry made. And behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And then, then when the word is spoken, arise, it's time to go. Then everybody gets up and they start getting their stuff together and trying to get prepared. Then, when then something tragic happens, the foolish said unto the wise, Oh no, we don't have enough to make it. Give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out. 
But the wise answered saying, not so. Not so, I, I can't. I can't now. Lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready, the ones that were prepared, the ones that had thought in advance, maybe I might have to wait longer than I anticipated. Maybe this may not happen quickly like I had thought. But either way, I'm preparing If he comes now, great. But if he doesn't come till later, I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared. If he comes while I'm in high school, that's great. But if he waits to come until college, I'm going to make sure that every day I'm still living faithfully to God. And still doing everything I can to make sure that I make it. Said afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. Jesus said, Watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. God began dealing with me on this passage of Scripture. And within it there are some hard truths that we have to read. Especially when we know lost people who need God and lost family members that need God. But he said, there's going to come a day that I can no longer afford to share what I have with somebody else. There's going to come a day where there's going to be people crying out and I cannot help them any longer. Because it's time. It's time to go now and I can't share this all with you. I can't give you what I have. There's going to come children that are going to come and I can't even give them what I have because there's not enough for me and them. What a tragedy to know there's going to come a day where I can no longer keep that door open. Where I can no longer reach for them. Where I can no longer pour of myself into them and encourage them and pray for them. But it's going to happen in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen so quickly. But I won't be able to help anyone else. Not my spouse, not my own children, not my neighbor, not my friends, not you here on the pew tonight. With that being said, I better make sure that I share it with everyone I can, while I can. That while I can still show them where to find that oil, where to find that salvation, where to find that water, where to find that Savior. While I can, I better make sure that I tell my children... This is how you keep oil in your lamp. This is how you keep it burning. This is how you continue to live for God in troubling times. 
This is how we made it through those dark days. We prayed. We never lost hope in God. We kept the faith. We prepared every day like it would be our last. Not because we were doomsday people, but because we were glory day people. Because we were excited that there was coming a day. Oh, soon and very soon that we were going to see the king. Oh, and every day I poured myself into other people, showing them the way, telling them of the way, saying, come on, come on, let's work while it's still day. Let's work while we still can. Let's get together while we still have an opportunity. It's not a time for me to be selfish, but there is going to come a day that I've got to make sure that I am prepared. Now, I don't want to see the outcome of those who could have contributed all these years and you could have spared some oil, but you did not. But I must not just give them oil, but show them how to obtain oil of their own. For there is coming a day that I can no longer give them my oil, but if I can show you, perhaps you can be prepared to. Right now I do my best to pour into others, but to know there is a day that I can't do that anymore. And all I can do is make sure that I am prepared. Let's stand all over this house tonight. Tonight I ask you to not wait until disaster strikes. Don't wait until you think you hear the sound of a trumpet before you get down on your face before God and say, Oh Lord, if that's you, I want to make sure my heart is right. And I'm saying that because there have been people who have heard trumpet sounds before and the first thing they did was then try to fall on their face before God. Then tried to get to the store and get everything that they needed. Then tried to find oil in that moment of disaster and chaos. I challenge you tonight to not be negligent and careless when your soul is on the line. We don't talk about heaven anymore because, well, it's been 119 years and still no rain. We don't get too excited about the Lord's coming any longer because... We just don't see it. We don't see it happening in my time. I, I, I just, I, you know, I'm going to grow to be 99 years old and then I'm just going to die and, and then the Lord's going to come back someday. But you hear me tonight. Every day that I live, every day that I live, those things that are happening in our world are not just happening out there anymore. But they've started coming in a lot closer to home. Some of you have seen things taking place in our country that you never thought you would ever, ever see. It's those signs of His coming. He told us, these are the signs. This is going to be what I want you to look at. These seasons. That's going to be my signal to my people that it's about to happen. Just as with Moses with the plagues. If you would be aware of what is happening. There are things unfolding before your eyes. And I'm trying to tell you 
I'm coming so soon. Don't forget that I am coming. He comes. Oh God, <laughs> I've got to be prepared, Lord. My family's got to be ready. God, let me put all the differences aside, all of the anger and hurt, the weariness of the bondage, oh God. I've got to hear the word from the man of God. Oh, for the hour will come when it will be time. And I'm not going to have time to be trying to get my life together then. For it will be too late. All over this house right now, if you want to come to the front, if you want to kneel down where you are. I would ask you to get your heart in line with God again. Oh, if he came tonight and he could come tonight. Oh, Brother Landon, don't say that. Don't say that. Why? Why? I want you to be prepared. Oh, God. In my weariness of waiting, have I become negligent of my own salvation? Oh, have I brushed it to the side, God, not considering the cost that I could really gain the whole world and lose my own soul? God, I don't want to get to that day saying if I had only known. If I had known, I would have been watching. I would have been preparing. I would have made sure I had enough oil. Oh God. Oh God, I've got to make it. I've got to make it, Lord, and I've got to bring as many as I can with me. Come on, men, you're the watchmen. You're the good men of your home. Make sure your family is prepared. <laughs> Make sure you've prayed over them. Come on, young people. Don't wait for a better night to get prepared. Don't wait for things to get easier. Don't wait on a brighter day. 
there's no better opportunity than right now to fall on your face and say, God. <laughs> oh, I want to be ready when you call me, Lord. God, I want to be ready, Lord. <laughs> I can't delay any longer, God. <laughs> Lord, perhaps I've allowed things in my home that do not belong. I've entertained things, oh God. Out of negligence, Lord, not realizing the cost. Perhaps I could handle it, Lord, but I didn't realize my children could not. I've got to be aware, Lord. I've got to be aware. Ayasataya. Oh, be prepared. Be prepared. Oh, God. Oh, Come on, if you've been struggling in your spirit and your walk with God, come to the altar tonight. Don't leave questioning. Leave knowing tonight I'm ready. Oh God, we need to hear this. God, I need to hear this. 